Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Mr. Castor, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Get ready to talk about the waivers. Uh, we're going to be talking about Monday night and uh, also Thursday night football. Yes. Yeah, we were talking about Thursday night at the, uh, the end of the show. Adam, I have a confession to make. Please. I have a small confession to make. I committed a mortal sin on... Monday's program. Mortal sin. Besides us sounding like we're at a funeral for the entire show. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that as of yesterday, we are one month until Mercury is in retrograde. Beautiful, beautiful time. Beautiful time. I am preparing for the day that Mercury will be in retrograde. It's going to be a wonderful day. I'm telling you. Or shitty, depending on how that affects you astrologically. No, 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 no. It's a wonderful day for all. Don't people blame like Mercury being retrograde for all their terrible behavior? Well, that's what we call frauds. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Okay. They should just blame it on themselves. Okay. So you, that, don't play, that, you don't play Mercury. That's, that's my problem with astrology is that people blame the stars when they should be looking at themselves. If you want to blame anybody for anything, blame Jupiter. Jupiter's a shitty planet anyway. What the fuck? Jupiter's the best planet. Besides Bullshit. Earth. Bullshit. Who wants to go to Jupiter? I do. You want to go to Jupiter? Yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely launch you in a fucking spaceship to Jupiter. No problem. That'd be interesting. Considering, considering your lineup that you have against me this week is chock full of guys that I have in other leagues. So, yes, I will launch you to fucking Jupiter. Do they have cell towers on Jupiter? No, there's no Wi-Fi. I, I, yeah, no, there is no Wi-Fi. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no fantasy football. And I will make sure that all of your guys are out of your lineup. I see well, what you're doing, Adam. I see what this podcast is now. This is an opportunity for you to take notes. Ooh, who does Bird want here? Ooh, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, he has him in another league, so he must be good. I'm going to have him. Tyreek Hill. Ooh, Ooh, I'm going to take him. This is wonderful. This is a grand old time. See, I, Adam, I, I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. See, this is, a, this is just another ploy to paint me as the villain of this podcast. I know it. I plead the fifth. Yeah, that's what I thought. Plead the fifth. That is what I thought. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about – there's no news and notes this week because the news is all baked in to what's going on in the games. Uh, let's start off with the Steelers and the Giants. Oh, God. And this game – shit show. Yeah. Uh, 19 plays, no points. God. I mean, Unbelievable. This, this game was just sloppy. Yeah, I mean, Big Ben made the most of it. You know, he threw, yeah, he threw three touchdowns, threw 229 yards. Um, pretty good, good for a QBR of uh, 57.6. But uh, yeah, the big story, I think, in this game is not only you know the fact that Big Ben did pretty well in his return. Juju caught two touchdowns, but Benny Snell and James Conner you know, the running back situation with Pittsburgh. The fact that James Conner was injured and Benny Snell got 19 carries for 130 or 113 yards. Yeah. And we'll be talking about Benny Snell on this podcast more. I don't think there's 
uh, much to say right now that we can apply other than Mike Tomlin has already said that James Conner, that he is, quote, leaving the light on for James Conner to come back week two against Denver. Um, we will have to see about that. But um, hopefully if you own James Conner like I do, you also have Benny Snell, which I do. So because I would think that any, anybody who's watched football knows that James Conner is just an injury waiting to happen. So it was just very important for me to make sure that I had Benny Snell cuffed so that way I don't have to go out and spend yeah. a ton of fab dollars uh, today and tomorrow to try and, and get Benny Snell on my roster. So I have him, and we'll see what, uh, what ends up happening. But, yeah, not a, not a good start for, uh, for, for James Conner, who was a guy that I was admittedly uh, pretty high on. And, 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 you know, for what it's worth, even in this game, when Connor was in, he did not look good at all. Benny Snell looked like the better back. So that is definitely a cause for concern that maybe if Benny Snell gets the opportunity, that James Connor is not that, quote, bell cow back that Mike Tomlin thought, that they well, just go James with Connor. more of a committee and give well, Benny James Snell Connor the opportunity. On James Connor, That's what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, he could – he, he could very easily – Benny Snell could very easily be the, the guy in this backfield. It, it would not surprise me. Well, you think that maybe it was because James Conner maybe was already a little bit banged up uh, maybe going into this game that it could have been uh, – it could have contributed? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. But I, I didn't hear anything that was significant in terms of Conner being banged up coming okay. in. So I think this is an injury that happened during the game. And unfortunately, now if you own James Conner, the, the the cycle is repeating itself. Well, at least one running back did well in this game. Yeah, the other the other one was 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 oh my god. But before we go on to that, uh, you want to talk about the receivers for a second year and uh, Juju, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, Juju looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I know it's only against the Giants. I know they don't have a defense to speak of, but he looked great. I thought his route running was excellent. Uh, I don't think he had a single drop on the game. Uh, and I think for what it's worth, you know, if there are people that are real juju truthers and they took him when nobody else really believed in it, you could be getting a really nice return for, for, uh, for juju, especially with big Ben back there. Um, the younger receivers, James Washington had a solid had a solid game. Uh, Deontay Johnson did nothing in the first half besides botch a punt, and the second half he looked like a whole new receiver. The whole new receiver was getting open. His route running was very impressive, and I think I think the one thing that I saw with that game as well was that the Steelers were just not taking any chances. They 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 did, but I'm saying it in a way that the amount of times I saw the Steelers just running either an in route or a slant was, was ridiculous. The Giants were just stuck in zone and couldn't do anything about it. So, I mean, give credit to the Steelers play calling, give credit to Big Ben. Uh, the Giants defense got carved up. Yeah. Giants defense got carved up. But the two guys, the one guy that I want to talk about, who I think we'll be talking about him in this episode, just because I was so impressed, was Chase Claypool. He looked out. 
outstanding last night. That tiptoe catch that he had in the first half was was ridiculous. I thought I thought he was out. I thought he was out, and I saw the little toe drag. I was like, oh shit, that's it. One of those. I love those plays. Those, it was those plays. Unbe- unbelievable grab by by Chase Claypool, the young rookie. So uh, I think there's a lot of receiving talent here in Pittsburgh that can really do the business for you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as Big Ben is healthy, and we've talked about this on the podcast a ton, all the Steelers' uh, pass catchers should be uh, should be pretty viable in fantasy. Yep. All right, moving on to the Giants. Uh, this was uh, one to forget for Daniel Jones. Oh, boy. Uh, besides, you know, the two touchdown passes to Darius Slayton, it, it was not a good – I mean, the 19, I mentioned the 19-play drive that ended in a red zone interception. I mean, I expect that from Sam Darnold. Basically, I mean that interception was the 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 first one. No, was it the first one? Or was it the second one? I think it was the, the second one. The, go- one. the goal line. I think it was, that was the one. No, that- it was a, it was the second one because it was T okay. uh, J Watt was first. Yeah. T J Watt was first, and then it was um, Casey Hayward. That was that was bad. That was yeah. bad, bad. I mean, the first one you can kind of say that Dan, the Daniel Jones didn't really see T.J. Watt. It was a really extinctive play. Just kind of sit back in coverage and just let Daniel Jones just throw the ball and hopefully he doesn't see him, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Second one, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was bad. I mean, I understand he's a young quarterback. I understand it's his first year as the full-time starter for the Giants, playing all 16 games, odds are. But you got to know when you take a sack there. You, you just got to hold onto the ball. Mm-hmm. Don't try and do too much. Just tuck it, take the sack, and you regroup for third down. I mean, I, that was awful. On the I mean, right they, side, they were they were in a position to tie to, to take the lead. Yeah. At that point, it was sixteen ten. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it changed it changed the complexion of the whole game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, bad bad night for uh, for Daniel Jones and uh, no fumbles though. No fumbles, but Jason Garrett's got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I almost vomited at least five times seeing Jason Garrett on my television. But thank goodness I didn't see Jason Garrett clapping. Because if I did see Jason Garrett clapping on my television, put it this way, I would have had a cardiac episode. I can only imagine, you know, the first time he was, like, thinking about doing it, and then, like, somebody, Joe Judge, puts his, puts his, arm, puts his hand on his arm and is like, no, Jason, we don't do that here. No, no clapping. We don't, we don't clap here. No, 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 Jason, not, not here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now we got, now we got to talk about this guy. Oh God. Mr. Saquon Barkley, number two overall pick in 2018. He had a, a terrible, terrible game on the run. On the run is a pretty good analogy. Actually, it's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, 15 carries for six yards. Yeah. The Giants offensive line is, is shit. It's, it's not good. It's bad. It's really bad. And this is without – I mean, Nate Solder opted out. So no scapegoat for the Giants. It was either Vince Williams or Bud Dupree or Casey Hayward or TJ Watt. They were just in the backfield all night long. I mean, how is Andrew Thomas supposed to develop if he's playing with these guys on the offensive line? Well, he got a hell of a first test with the Steelers. I'll tell you yes. that right now. I'll tell you that right now. He got 
an unbelievable first test. And then next week, he's going to have a mixture of odds are Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Good luck. Good luck, son. Um, yeah, it was a bad night. It was a bad night for, for Saquon Barkley. Thank God he got the receptions because otherwise I would have lost to a kicker. So I'll take the result for a uh, selfish point of view. But for fantasy, I mean, when Barkley had the ball, he looked fantastic. But the offensive line is so bad. Yeah. It's so bad where it's – I'm having the debate of whether or not to keep Saquon Barkley just because that offensive line is so terrible. It's just not it's just not good. It really needs to step up. I mean, they have basically two two pretty good players in Will Hernandez and Andrew Thomas, you know, up up and coming, promising players. And then the rest of the offensive line is like who like what who else? What's going on here? It's a disaster. It is a disaster. Honestly, and Mark Colombo, the uh, Giants offensive line coach, must have just been wanting to puke. Yeah. Because it, whether it was Saquon Barkley not having any holes to run through or Daniel Jones running for his life all night, it was uh, it was not good. But there were some good there was some good things from the Giants last night, which we are going to get to right now. Yes. Uh also, Dan, I mean, Daniel Jones is lucky he only took three sacks in this game, frankly. Like very lucky, yeah. But the good thing for the Giants was Darius Slayton. He was our, he was our pick. Yeah. He, I mean, he's the number one in this offense. Good, jo- good job, partner. Good job. Yeah. A, a plus. High five. Uh, yeah, Darius Slay- Slayton is the number one receiver in this offense. And he, Golden Tate was uh, inactive in this game. Uh, Sterling Shepard was there as well, but Darius Slayton, it's just a continuation of last year where Daniel Jones just looked at, it was just a continuation of last year where Daniel Jones like always looked his way no matter who was on the, on the field. I would say it was more of in the high leverage situations when it, whether it was taking a shot, whether it was, he needed a big catch whether they needed a score. It was Darius Slayton two touchdowns last night. I believe he had six receptions off the top of my head. He, was fan- he looked fantastic last night. And same with Sterling Shepard. I, I mean, I think for as much as we talked up Darius Slayton, I had him as a top 30 receiver coming into the season. I also think I undervalued Sterling Shepard a little bit. And, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to be fantastic for the Giants as well, given the Giants are going to be down, down pretty big in games. And I really don't think, given the way that that team looked last night, I don't see the Giants getting more than five wins. I mean, they are going to be bad. They're going to be bad, bad. And I think when, you, when you're investing in a team that you know is going to be poor and you have some of those receivers that can really put up some nice garbage time numbers, that it, every point matters for your, for your fantasy team. So, um, you know, if, if Darius Slayton is some way, somehow on your waiver wire, I'd go pick him up. We're not talking about him today, considering uh, the way we're doing waiver wires is going to be uh, 50% ownership or less. Darius Slayton is owned more than more than 50% of leagues, so we won't be talking about him. But if you are in a league where Darius Slayton some way somehow is available, I mean, go go pick him up. And same thing applies with uh, with Sterling Shepard. Uh, I think we'll just touch on the tight ends really quick. Evan Ingram had a terrible game. Uh, I think he had 
three or four noticeable drops. He had a penalty called against him for offensive pass interference, which was a clear offensive pass interference, unlike Michael killer. Gallup when he completely burned Jalen Ramsey. And the referees just kind of said, ooh, that's Michael Gallup. He can't burn Jalen Ramsey. That's a flag. Bullshit. Those refs sucked. And the audacity, the audacity of that ref in the booth last night saying, oh, that was offensive pass interference, just like the one from last night. Go fuck yourself. There's a reason why you're in a booth as a referee instead of on the field. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was just it was not a great game overall for the Giants. Um, let's move on to the Titans and the Broncos. This was a this was a snooze fest. Thank yeah. thank goodness we got some sort of entertainment from this game because other than that, oh my god! I know, I know. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, two hundred forty nine yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Very vanilla. Very vanilla. Uh, Derrick Henry has usual thirty one carries, <laughs> and he got a couple receptions too. I know, unbelievable. And then, your boy, Mr. Corey Davis. Seven catches, 101 yards, no touchdowns. Read A.J. Brown's line, please. Five catches, 39 yards, no touchdowns. Okay. Read Corey Davis's one more time. Seven catches, 101 yards, no touchdowns. Corey Davis is the best-kept secret in the National Football League. And it is about time that the Tennessee Titans realize that they have a superstar on their hands with Corey Davis. What a guy. What a guy. What a performance. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Some of the catches that he was making, Adam, in double coverage. Unbelievable. He looked incredible. It's about time they realize who the number one receiver is in this offense. It's Corey Davis. Are you done? I could go all day. I can go all day considering the abuse that I have taken from people such as yourself about Corey Davis and what a superstar he is. And he falls out on Monday Night Football in front of the entire country. Get in, son, Corey Davis. See, the thing about Corey Davis is that he – Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Is that he? Is that he? He'll do this, and then, in about next week or two weeks from now, he's going to put up a, a not a great stat line. He's going to. You want to bet on that against the Jaguars? Not against the Jaguars. He's going to do well against the Jaguars. Oh, but you Jaguars. said next week. You said next week. So or two. I said next week or two weeks. All right. So next week or two weeks. Okay. How about this? I will save the further bravado on Corey Davis, but, but. If Corey Davis goes off again next week, you let me have my moment. You statazi, and you let me go on Corey Davis. Okay. Okay. What? What a gentleman! That was just an unbelievable performance, Adam. That was unbelievable. I feel like every time I was looking at the TV, it was it was just so strange that I would see eight four, but it kind of looked like kind of look like Jerry Rice out there. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Jerry Rice has to have a picture of Corey Davis in his bedroom. Has to. That would seem kind of weird. Why? Jerry Rice idolizes Corey Davis. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know about that. He's better than any receiver on the New York Jets. But that's not what you said before. Jerry Rice also idolizes Corey Davis, and he is better than any receiver on the New York Jets. Jerry Rice is. Corey Davis is. Mm. Corey Davis would be a number one receiver on the New York Jets. Let's make that very crystal clear. Very, very crystal clear. Sam Darnold may actually have a shot at becoming good if he had Corey Davis. Would Corey Davis be a number one receiver on the Cowboys? No, of course not. Because we have Amari Cooper. He's wonderful. Oh, really? As a number two receiver, though, then we have something to talk about. Oh, okay. So if Jerry Rice idolizes Corey Davis, mm-hmm. and Corey Davis, but Corey Davis wouldn't even be a uh, number one receiver on your favorite team, on the Cowboys. Yes, he'd be number two on the, receiver. On the alleged best team in football. I, I never said best team in football. Let, well, I'm just saying other people have. Alleged. That's why I said alleged. Oh, now it's other people. Oh, okay, okay. So we're taking what other people said and we're putting it in my mouth. Like no. I said it. No. Uh, okay. All right, Adam. All right, Adam. I see how it is. No. I no. see how it is. No, 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 Nope. 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 You are not playing this game with me. I know where you're trying to go. I am not going there with you. Nope. Sorry. Okay. Fine. Let's talk about a player that we actually both like, and that's Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith looked good. Yeah. Johnny Smith looked very good. Not as good as Corey Davis, but he he looked very good. I figure we, this is going to happen. But, uh, yeah, John Smith did look pretty good. You know, we got the uh, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, like you said before, Derrick Henry also was able to uh, do stuff uh, receiving the ball, you know, three catches, 15 yards. But this really kind of reinforces the fact that Derrick Henry is the guy in this offense. 31 carries for Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. If there's any Derrick Henry owner that is potentially upset or disappointed that Derrick Henry did not get into the end zone, remember last year, Derrick Henry had his worst game of the season against these Denver Broncos. So, I mean, if you want to put a trade proposal together, you know, maybe you want to add on Nick Chubb and maybe you have a wide receiver too that maybe you'd want to deal for Derrick Henry, I think I would do that because I think better days are ahead for Derrick Henry. And even, even then, he still posted 13 fantasy points. That's not terrible from a first-round pick when Saquon had less than 12. So I, I don't think he had a terrible day. Uh, it definitely could have been better if Derrick Henry did get uh, a little bit of help on the goal line. I mean, he could have very easily scored in, in this game, and that 13 would have become 20, and nobody would have been complaining about Derrick Henry's fantasy day. So uh, it's a game of inches, unfortunately, but – I'm not concerned about Derrick Henry. I think he's, uh, I think he's just fine. I think he's, he's one of the safer uh, running back plays that you could have in fantasy football right now. Well, with the way that Goskowski was kicking, I don't think that 13 would have turned into a 20. Oh, moron. Oh, my God. It would, was... have been, it would have been a 19. You see, Adam, I think one of the best things about nearly falling asleep in the middle of that game last night, as literally 12 hours ago from right now, I was watching that game. One of the best things about it, was at the end of the game, knowing the Tennessee Titans were driving, and I'm looking at the people I was watching the game with. I was looking at uh, watching the game with, of course, the Basement Talk Podcast uh, founders, Brett Merritt, Tim Brady, and then, of course, the Basement Talk Podcast weatherman, Jared Fagion, watching the game with them. And I literally just I turned over to Tim, and I said, dude, you know 
that this is coming down to a Steven Goskowski field goal attempt. This, that is exactly how this game is going to pan out. And he, it's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And Goskowski kicked the field goal. There was no harm, no foul done. They won the game. They should have been up by a lot more, but they won the game. And um, no, again, no harm, no foul. So I think Goskowski will be the kicker at least for another week, but he's got to, uh, he's got to definitely improve. Yep. And uh, moving on to the Broncos here, uh, not an ideal performance for Drew Locke. Uh, 216 yards passing, uh, only the one touchdown. Didn't take any sacks, which is always good. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of this, Melvin Gordon had a really good game, 15 carries for 78 yards and the touchdown. Uh, Philip Lindsay, it looks like, as we predicted, you know, Melvin Gordon's going to be the leader of this, like, this tandem committee, whatever you want to call it, between uh, the two of them. And with Melvin Gordon literally almost more than doubling uh, Philip Lindsay in carries here. Well, the, the number is misleading because Philip Lindsay was out for the majority of the game. That is true. So the, num- the number is, is absolutely misleading. Okay. I would, I would say I would look at it as when they were in, it was basically one drive in, one drive out for both of them. So um, I would definitely take a cautious approach. I would say if you have both Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, you're in a good spot because especially if, if Philip Lindsay's out on Sunday against the Steelers, then you – probably flex Melvin Gordon. I don't think I would I don't have him as an RB2 uh just because of the Steelers and how good they look, but I think at the very least um Melvin Gordon will be a volume play. So yeah. I think that you can go ahead and 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 flex him at the very least. Well, Vic Fangio said that uh it's like a turf toe thing with Philip Lindsay. Yeah. I think those were his words exactly. It was a turf toe thing, quote unquote. So yeah, so that's that's either it's either a day to day or week to week. It really just depends. Yeah. And then for the receivers, Noah Fanton had a game. Yeah, he did. Five catches, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. Love to see that. Uh, Jerry Judy was pretty solid as well. Uh, four catches on eight targets, fifty-six yards. Uh, didn't get into the end zone, which is kind of unfortunate. And he did have a couple drops too. Yeah, but I think that was just that was just first game jitters. I think. Yeah, I mean, playing your first game on Monday Night Football, it's not for everybody. No, no, it's not. No. But no, Noah Fant looked great. I mean, I've I've talked him up basically the entire preseason, and he uh, he he pulled up. Uh, Judy looked good, but I think uh, this offense definitely missed the big-bodied presence of Cortland Sutton. No doubt. So. Um, Hopefully, Cortland Sutton will be back against the uh, the Steelers. And if he is, then I think you could plug Cortland Sutton in pretty nicely as a uh, – I have him in my rankings as a high-end wide receiver three for this week. All right. So do you have anything else you want to say, or do you want to go straight into the waiver wire? Uh, Corey Davis is the best receiver in the National Football League. I should have, I should have been more uh, clear. Do you, want, do you have anything else to say that is pertinent to the game? Well, Corey Davis to the Broncos. Is the best receiver in the National Football Burden League. Burden to the Broncos. Burden to the Broncos. The Broncos could not stop Corey Davis. Okay, that's fair. Okay, good. Okay, let's move on to the waiver wire. And the way that we're doing this is we're going to be going position by position and looking at players that you should be looking to add and 
we didn't really we've kind of touched on this over our episodes but um just what's what's your strategy overall when you're looking at not only waivers because waivers is easy because it's just like okay i'm gonna hit the claim and whatever happens happens but for like but for uh, leagues that are doing fab because fab is being is increasingly popular yeah i mean waivers is pretty is pretty straightforward you just find a guy that you need and you plug him in and hopefully you get him that's why i don't like fab that much because uh why i don't like fab i love fab why i don't like waivers that much it's just kind of because it's kind of you're hoping that someone faults you you know it's not really value-based whereas with fab it is value-based and it's really you're paying for the guy you're you're buying in to a guy that you believe can help your team and whoever believes in the most gets them. So um, this is the most important week for fab of the year this week, because everyone is chock full of fab dollars and money is going to be flying off the shelves. Also, you know, buyer's remorse for a lot of people who, whose uh, players didn't perform as well as they would have hoped in week one. Right, and, and I mean, if if you're if you're a James Conner owner, if you're a uh, if you're a Mark Ingram owner, and you don't have J.K. Dobbins, you don't have Benny Snell, um, guys like that, you know, you're really interested in in guys like Naeem Hines, Malcolm Brown, um, Adrian Peterson, maybe to an extent. So uh, we'll be talking about those guys, uh, no doubt, in this uh, in this segment. But basically, what we're going to do is we're just going to go through. Uh, the top waiver wire ads, and we're going to prioritize them as best we can. We'll try and break them down in terms of who we'd rather have um, over the other and like a 1v1, and then we'll end up doing some sort of ranking at the end in terms of how we would prioritize uh, these waiver pickups for each position. All right, cool. So we'll start off with the quarterbacks here. And I think that, uh, you know, the nice thing, ESPN has done a lot of great stuff as like overhauling their fantasy setup where, you know, they have uh, ranking the opponents based on how well they perform against a certain position group. They used to post articles like that, but now they, they have it built into the whole system. So when you're looking at the waivers, you can actually see like, for example, Joe Burrow is going up against Cleveland uh, and Cleveland are the 29th best team against quarterbacks. So you got to, you can keep that in, in mind. Um, so, and then like Baker Mayfield, for example, talking also about Thursday, uh, Cincinnati is the second best team against quarterbacks. So maybe you should avoid him. So it's nice to actually see that. And yeah. Hey, Adam. Yes, Bird. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. But actually this game is in Cleveland. We're on to Cleveland. Yeah. But Joe Burrow is actually a good a good place to start, I think, just because he's uh, he's just under our our threshold. He's avail- He's rostered in forty seven point nine percent of leagues. Um, Cleveland looks like it could be a good matchup for for Joe Burrow here. Uh, what are you thinking? I mean, I know you don't like Thursday night players. Also, no, no I avoid Thursday nights like the plague. Um... I mean, I mean, if he's available and you're in a bit of a jam, I guess you can go 
and play Joe Burrow? I mean, it it really just depends on what your other option is because I doubt you would have someone that isn't as good as uh, not better than Burrow. So, like, I can tell you right now, he is of the waiver wire quarterbacks that I have on my list. He is number five on that list. There, there are there are other quarterbacks out here that I like more than Joe Burrow for this week. Okay. My care to elaborate <laughs> on that? Sure. So you're basically you're basically asking me who I like more. Yes. Um, I like Jared Goff more against Philadelphia. I like Jimmy Garoppolo more against the Jets. I like Ryan Tannehill more against the Jaguars. I like Kirk Cousins more against the Indianapolis Colts. And I also like Gardner Minshew more against the Titans. And I'll throw one more in here because I did glance over him. So it would be six. I like Mitchell Trubisky more against the Giants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see that. Arguments can be made. And I would agree with them for all those players. And uh, yeah, I, I agree on that. I like, I do like Ryan Tannehill. Definitely. Although I think that I don't want to predict that this game is going to be over early because we did that with Indianapolis and we, we see what happened there. True. But I think that uh, just basing off of what happened on, uh, on Monday, that the Titans are still going to be heavy based on the run. And, you know, there are player there are players here that you can look at that, like Gardner Minshew, for example, where it's more throwing based and you'll be able to rack up more stats uh, with the arm as opposed to just having to hand the ball off uh, multiple times to your star running back. Yeah, I'm a big Gardner Minshew guy this week. I think he's a... Uh... I think he's a very, very good play. I have him inside my top 20 this week. So if you're looking for a potential streamer, uh, Gardner Minshew could be that guy. Again, I I do like him more than Tannehill. I like him more than Tyrod. I like him more than Joe Burrow. Um, But I don't like him more than Garoppolo. I don't like him more than Goff. I don't like him more than Stafford. I don't, okay. I don't like I don't like him more than Wentz. Yeah. Okay. Um. And basically, uh, yeah. I think the one thing also that I should add before we move on is I would not be spending more than a couple bucks on quarterbacks. There's just there's nobody available this week that you should be spending a absolute ton for. I mean, the only guy maybe that I could think of is if I'm looking at the guys that are owned in more than 50% of leagues, I'm looking at if Ben Roethlisberger is somehow available, then maybe he's worth more than a couple bucks. Um, if Cam Newton is available, but he's owned in 85% of leagues, so I highly doubt it. Um, yeah, but other, other than that, there's just nobody here that I think I would spend double-digit fab dollars on. Or even even if you're in waivers, I don't think that there's anybody at the quarterback position, at least, that you should be spending uh, a first waiver priority on. Well, you know, Bird, you know who's available, according in our league, somebody who's on waivers and who's available in 0.1% of fantasy leagues? Eli Manning is available. Oh, he's good. owned. He's owned in 0.1% of fantasy leagues. Oh, good. Yeah. I see Andrew Luck is as well. Yes. Uh, Andrew look, Luck look is at, actually. Look at Eli. 
Look he's at owned Eli. in 0.2% of fantasy of uh, fantasy leagues. Who is? Andrew Luck is. Point, he's oh. owned in 0.2%. Oh, Andrew Luck. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at Marcus Mariota right now. They have Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton right next to each other. You think ESPN is trying to play with my balls? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I guess they're hoping for the uh, hoping for the comeback tour for Andrew Luck and Eli Manning. No, thank you. Aye. No, thank you. All right. So let's move on to the running backs here. And this is one of those where it's more, I think you should be focusing more on the, uh, the quote-unquote flex positions, talking about running back wide receiver. As far as your waiver wire is concerned, uh, we can see that Marlon Mack is already on waivers because he's going to be out for the season with that Achilles injury. Yep, I dropped him this morning. Yep. So I think one player that is worth picking up um, is Malcolm Brown for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Had a great, great game against the Cowboys uh, going up against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty porous defense, pretty middle, middle of the road, 16th ranked against the run. And uh, yeah, I think that it should be, that should be an interesting pickup here. And I think, it's interesting because more people, I think, are more interested in Darrell Henderson than uh, Malcolm Brown to be the uh, number one in the Rams offense. I'm not. I'm just not. On, I'm, I'm not a Darrell Henderson guy. Just based on roster percentages, I think people are more interested in Darrell Henderson. But that might change by the time Wednesday rolls around. Yeah, I think it also is very telling that Darrell Henderson had three carries in that game against yeah. the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not interested in – Darrell Henderson. I could be interested in Malcolm Brown. My problem is I'm just not so sure what the carries are going to look like on a week-to-week basis. I don't necessarily feel like Malcolm Brown is super safe on a week-to-week basis, given there's going to be a time where Cam Akers steps up and becomes the guy in this offense. And, you know, do you really want to spend – you know, if you're playing in a two hundred dollar fat two hundred fat dollar league, you know, do you really want to spend ten percent of your budget on a guy like Malcolm Brown? And and honestly, it's probably gonna take more than that. You're probably gonna have to spend at least fifteen, twenty percent just to get Malcolm Brown. Yeah. So I don't know if it's worth it, but I would say if you're in a league like I am with Adam where he has Naeem Hines, who is the clear uh, number one waiver ad for this week, then Malcolm Brown probably is the number two option. So um, I would just be cautious with how much you spend on Malcolm Brown. I don't think he's a super important ad for this week. I think I would rather go and spend my money on a guy like Josh Kelly or a guy like Adrian Peterson, where I think that there is a more sustainable role in their offenses. Whereas Malcolm Brown, I feel like is going to be replaced in a span of a couple weeks. Yeah, actually I was going to talk, I was going to touch on Adrian Peterson just because, you know, the Green Bay Packers, they're uh, ranked 28th 
against the run. And it's a it's a good matchup for Adrian Peterson. Uh, he's looks like, going from last week. It looks like he's the leader of this committee for right now, and he's looking like a good waiver ad. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And then Frank Gore is one for me. We talked about him on Monday. Uh, Adam Gaze said that Lev Bell is probably going to be out for a couple weeks with that hamstring injury, so this is going to be more of a long term ad for uh, for Frank Gore. And you know, a long-term role for Frank Gore, just because basically it's going to be Frank Gore and Josh Adams for the Jets, pretty much. Because pretty much, uh, and then and then also if you have uh, Benny Snell out there as well, you reminded me, Adam. Thank you. Yep, uh, Benny Snell as well for the same reasons as uh, Frank Gore. But I will say that I think Frank Gore has more of a. Um, he has more longevity than Benny Snell does because, of course, there's a shot that that um, James Conner does play on Sunday. Um, I would also be interested in James Robinson, the running back from Jacksonville. I know I've said that I'm not the biggest fan of owning a Jacksonville Jaguars running back, but the fact of the matter is, is that James Robinson did get 16 carries on Sunday. He looks like he's going to get every opportunity in the world to be the guy in the backfield for the Jaguars. So I think that he's a fine pickup and I think he's a, he's like a, he's a middle of the road sort of flex. I think that's, that's about it for me in terms of how far I would view James Robinson in my rankings. I have him right now as my RB 41. So basically he's a low end flex for me this week against the Tennessee Titans. But if you're in a little bit of a bind, you could potentially make a case to play him. Yeah. Um, Anybody else here that you're looking to add? Um, I would continue to monitor Bryce Love. I think that he is someone that I could potentially look to go and get. I understand that uh, Peyton Barber had a, had a big game on Sunday. I think he's also a very, very viable fantasy pickup. He's only owned in 1.3% of fantasy leagues, had two touchdowns, yet he had 1.7 yards per carry, so I don't really know if that's someone that I believe is going to be, you know, sustainable for fantasy, given the two touchdowns really did make his day and put him on our fantasy radar. Um, Carlos Hyde, if you own uh, Chris Carson, I think Carlos Hyde is a, is, is the clear handcuff. And I think he should be owned, especially if you own Carlos Hyde. Um, and then I would even say if you own uh, Aaron Jones, I think that you go and pick up Jamal Williams. Yeah. That he looks like he's the number two there and AJ Dillon's number three, which again, it just goes on this whole conversation that we've been having. But why the hell did they take AJ Dillon? It makes it look worse, frankly. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Way worse. That that move to draft AJ Dillon makes it look a lot worse. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. And Let's talk about just for wide receivers is interesting because it's such a volatile position outside of the top, just because you don't know what's going on with the offense, what's going on with the game script. And, you know, the way the players you're going to be seeing on waivers are going to be players that are maybe the two or three option in their offenses. So this is one of those positions where you kind of want to approach with caution. Like you see a player like Sammy Watkins, for example, where he had a really good performance on Thursday, but 
you don't know if he's going to replicate that on uh, on Sunday against the Chargers. So uh, who are you liking here out of the receiver group? Um, obviously, the number one guy is Corey Davis uh, because he is the best receiver in the National Football League. He should be owned in 100% of leagues. Um, I'm also a big Russell Gage fan, uh, a 100-yard game. He is the number three receiver right now for the Atlanta Falcons. So I think that he is a very viable pickup. And he is owned, shockingly, he's owned in a t- in very little leagues, even as the number three receiver for the Falcons. He's owned 4% of fantasy leagues on ESPN. Uh, Corey Davis is owned in, in, in fewer than that. 3.9%, which is a absolute disgrace. If you ask oh, last me. time I, on mine, it's showing uh, 4.4%. 4.4. All right. So it, 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 it varies. Um, I'm also, I'm also a fan of Scotty Miller, five catches for 73 yards against the saints. He's looking like that. He is um, emerging as the number three receiver for the bucks. And when I think you're in an offense as good as the bucks are, uh, Scotty Miller is going to have an opportunity in a lot of 1v1 coverage because obviously they're not going to be looking to double Scotty Miller. They'll be looking at other guys like Godwin and Evans and, and Gronk. So Scotty Miller won't have as much attention, and I think he can slide under the radar a little bit, and he'll be a sneaky little addition uh, to your fantasy teams if you want to go in, uh, go in potentially go pick up Scotty Miller. Uh, LaVisca Chenault had a great game against the Colts, 3-37 and a touchdown on four targets. I think he's a, a viable uh, fantasy play. He's got, he's got a, a good amount of upside as well. Um, I'm still monitoring Brian Edwards. I know that he didn't have as big of an impact as many people were potentially expecting. Only had one catch for nine yards against the Panthers, but I'm still monitoring him because I'm a big believer in his talent. Again, we mentioned Chase Claypool caught both of his targets. I would continue to monitor that situation as well. Um, and I think if there's anybody else here, I'm not really a big Sammy Watkins guy just because I feel like I've seen this narrative before where Watkins is a huge week and then just goes and does nothing else. So I would continue to monitor that. Um, but Paris Campbell and Anthony Miller, those are the two guys that I think are, if you're looking for a big-time receiver this week, I think both of them could potentially stand out, especially Paris Campbell, 6 for 71. Uh, he was terrific against against the Jaguars. I think he will continue to have a pretty important role for the Colts offense. And Anthony Miller is looking like that he is going to be the number two receiver in the Bears offense. Of course, four for 76 and a late touchdown to help the Bears come back against the Detroit Lions. Um, for me, I'm looking at these receivers. and I'm What about Jalen Rieger, by the way? Um, I'm not a big Jalen Rieger fan. So he's not he's not on my radar as much and i mean i for, i also forgot to say robbie anderson i completely forgot to say robbie anderson he, I'm offended. he i think if i were to say see that's an interesting one would i rather have robbie anderson or paris campbell i think i'd rather have robbie anderson i think robbie anderson for me is the number one receiver pickup of the week for me because it just seems like now that he's out of New York and now that he's done with the Jets and he's done with the uselessness that the New York Jets just sort of carry, uh, Robbie Anderson is in a really good place to stand out and potentially uh, show the Jets what they're missing. Well, I think that Robbie Anderson, 
he he had really good games with the Jets, but there have been games where he just barely got any any looks in. So I think that would probably be contributing to uh, any sort of increase in performance for the uh, Carolina Panthers here, and also that he has he's back with his old college coach and Matt Rule as well. True. Um, and I also th- I yeah. also think if if Mike Williams is available in leagues too, um, he could be someone that I would go and throw some money on. So I think in order of how I would rate these guys in terms of who I would want, um, for me, it's number three, Corey Davis, number two, Paris Campbell, and number one, Robbie Anderson. All right. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to say about the receivers before we go into tight ends? Um, I would also say keep an eye out for Nikhil Harry. He's owned in about 40% of leagues, so he could be available for you, but I don't know if I would be going to pick him up right now. Um, and then I would also say if Kenny Galladay is out again, uh, Danny Amendola could be a sneaky little ad as well, and I don't think he will cost you a whole lot of fab dollars or even cost you a very high uh, waiver priority. I think that he will be uh, – He'll be just fine. You know, you can, you can go in that for sure. All right. Uh, moving on, we have the tight ends. And this one, this kind of group here is interesting because, you know, depending on your league, you, the tight end pickings are going to be pretty freaking slim because tight end, it's, a deep, it's deeper than it has been in years, but it's still kind of shallow relative to uh, all the other positions in fantasy. Um. I think that I think people are probably going to overrate Jimmy Graham just based on his performance against the Detroit Lions, and I don't really see it. I really, I really, really, really don't. I still think that it's going to be Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller for the Bears' offense, as far as receivers are concerned, and pass catchers with a uh, Tariq Cohen there. Also, um, Logan Thomas had a pretty good game. Uh, the tight end for the Washington football team. What are you thinking about him? He's not on my radar. He's okay. not really on my, on my radar well, as much. Radar. There's, radar. there's three guys here that I'm interested in. Um, O.J. Howard is pretty available. Yeah. Not interested in him as much. For me, it comes down to Greg Olson, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. Jimmy Graham, tight end for the Bears. I'm not really interested in him as much. And Dalton Schultz, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys with the injury to Blake Jarwin. Uh, there is a gaping hole now at tight end, and we all know how much Dak Prescott loves being able to have a tight end that he can just dump the ball off to. I think Dalton Schultz is in for a prime opportunity. Until they trade for Jason Witten. Until they trade for Jason Witten, yes, of course. I don't think that he is rosterable yet in 10-team leagues. But I think in a deep 12 or a deep 14, where if you're looking for a tight end that offers some upside, I think Dalton Schultz is a a viable enough option. And I I don't think that he's going to cost you a whole lot at all. I think that he's going to be someone that I think is relatively cheap for you to go and get. I really think that if you put one, maybe $2 on him, I think that should be more than enough to uh to go and get uh dalton schultz 
Well, considering what Johnny Smith did to the Broncos on Monday, do you like Eric Ebron here going up against those same Broncos? Yeah. Yeah, I think Eric Ebron, if, if he's available, yeah. Yeah. I, I would go pick him up for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's only rostered in 35.4% uh, of fantasy league, so he should be Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be available. He, he qualifies for discussion. Yeah. Then go, go definitely pick up Eric Ebron. I think he'll cost you a little bit more. Definitely, but um, I think you know if you put like a four or five dollar bid on him, uh, he should be good and fab. I think in waivers, uh, you could probably put like a third round claim on him, and I think you know he'll be he'll be fine. All right. Uh, yeah. What about defenses? Because defenses yes. are very important for waivers. This is the only yes. time. <laughs> yes this this is where I make my living off of streaming defenses. I mean this is. This is what I do, and anybody who uh, who streams defenses, congratulations, you are uh, you get an A plus for the class. I, I'm not going for anybody in the Thursday night game just because I think that game's going to be just a disgrace. So um, I'm staying away. Uh, I think the Titans are a good play against the Jaguars. I think that's a, a fine pickup uh, if they are available in your leagues. I know they were pretty universally not owned. So I think that you'll have a good shot at the Titans if you can go and uh, and pick them up. Not available in the league, unfortunately. Yeah, I like the Rams defense against the Eagles as well. Uh, I think it's a bit of a uh, a bolder play, but I know the Rams pretty much were not owned considering they're playing the Cowboys in in Week One. Um, the Eagles are very banged up on offense. Uh, they just got smoked by the Redskins, Washington Football Team. God damn it! Um, so. I think the Rams are, are, are a fine play here. I, I really do. Uh, I'll probably have them ranked as a like top eight or so defense when I get to my defense rankings. Um, Speaking of the football team, do you like the Cardinals going up against Washington? Um, y- yeah. Yeah. Sure. They're not my favorite, but I guess if, if, if they're available, Sure. Sure. I mean, I will say this is not a great week for uh, defensive streamers. Uh, I like the Vikings, the Vikings defense a lot in going into Indianapolis, take on the uh, the Colts. I think there's just a pick waiting to happen from Phillip Rivers. The Bears defense against the Giants. I think that that's a, uh, that's a very good one as well. Um, and I'll even say if there's no Kenny Galladay, I'll say the Packers against the Lions, I think, is a, is, a, is a good stream as well. And if the Saints are available, uh, the Saints as well. I think going into uh, the Black Hall in Vegas, the Death Star now, um, and yep. taking on the Raiders could be a, a good play. So I would rank them if I had to. I would say the Titans are the best stream of the week for me. Then I would say the Saints. And then I would say the Rams would be my top three. And I would spend I would spend no more than two, three bucks on any of them. Because I think that there's there are good enough defenses here where if you strike out on 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 waivers or fab, uh, you can go and pick them up just normally. And and you know that that's just uh, that's just sort of that. Yep, definitely. It's funny, these rankings that, you know, it's based off of one week, certainly. But, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, the Panthers defense going up against the 31st ranked uh, 
team against uh, defenses. And I, I just don't think it's going to be that good of a game for, for the Panthers going to play the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Uh, do you like the Bills defense against the Dolphins? If they're available. Yeah. I highly doubt that they are. Probably not, no. Considering they just played the Jets in week one. Yeah, so, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, if, if, if they're available, definitely, definitely. I think the Bills, the Bills defense definitely is worth, I would say, six, seven bucks. You can yeah. go pick them up, and you can probably hold on to them for a while. Uh, what about the uh, Chiefs defense going up against the Chargers? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. I, I think I would have them as like a top 15 play, maybe top 12, maybe. Okay. But I think I think they're they're fine, but there are other matchups that I like more. All right. All right. All right, let's talk about Thursday night football. And Very quickly. The battle of Ohio between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And, uh, you know, start sits. Uh, let's talk about Cincinnati first because they are the road team. Uh, what are you looking at here for Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and all of those guys? I'm sitting Joe Burrow, starting Joe Mixon, starting A.J. Green, starting Tyler Boyd, and I'm sitting the Cincinnati Bengals defense. I think Joe Mixon is in for a, a a good game. I would think he's in line for some sort of bounce back. Um, and I think A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, I think this is going to be a game where these teams are going to have to throw the football. Throw the football. I think they're going to have to. So I think A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd are going to be in for uh, for productive sort of nights. I have them right now as high-end wide receiver threes for this week. But um, – yeah, I mean, if you can avoid Thursday night, I, I definitely would. But if you can't, uh, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd are fine plays, as is, of course, Joe Mixon. All right, and then for Cleveland. I'm sitting Baker Mayfield, if you can. Starting Nick Chubb, starting Kareem Hunt. I'm starting Odell Beckham. Starting Jarvis Landry. Starting Austin Hooper. So all, all the Browns are starts for me. All right, I would say, and this is this is an interesting one, Adam. And I want to get your uh, your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. So, I got a trade offer in the middle of the podcast, and I want to hear what you think. So, okay. I was offered Nick Chubb and Will Fuller for Allen Robinson and Mark Ingram. That's interesting. It's kind of like they're kind of opposites, actually, because. Mark, so Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram looks like he's going to be phased out by the end of the year. It's going to be like the Jake Dobbin, J.K. Dobbins show. And Will Fuller has the injury history. And then you have Nick Chubb and Allen Robinson. So I don't know if I would be – so you're giving up you're – give, you're giving up Allen Robinson or are you taking – Giving Allen up Allen Robinson. I know I, – I can tell you what I said. I'm not – I'd say no to this trade. I said no. I said no yeah. flat out. The thing is, it's like Nick Chubb not only is on is on the downturn, but to package that with Will Fuller, and then you're giving up like a almost a surefire play in Allen Robinson. 
for that. I, I'm yep. not, I'm not crazy about it. Not crazy yep. about it. At all. I agree. I agree. And then the offer came back with something, including DK Metcalf who carries a 13th round keeper on him. So I just kind of blew that off and said, no, it's a very interesting trade. Yeah. I'm not, doing, I, I'm not doing it. No, thank I you. would not. I would not do that. That's not, that's not great. No. Good luck on waivers, everybody. Good luck with fab and, uh, Let's, Let enjoy, let's try and enjoy Thursday night. Let let's us try. Know, let us know what happens with your with your waivers and your and your fab and all that. If you got the players that you wanted. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast, the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, and the Basement Talk Podcast Quizvitational on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Please leave us a five star review and let us know what you thought of this episode and all of our previous episodes. We'll be back on Friday reviewing the rest of week one. Sunday's action can be very exciting. And for my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.